This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Last thing on the offensive side. Uh, and I don't know. At this point, it feels like we have a seven-segment podcast. Uh, we've been going for a while, but like this is really good stuff, so whatever. Uh, take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. All right, the question. And you talked about this uh, a little bit yesterday when you were on the show with me, but I want to flush this out a little bit more. What do you do at quarterback this weekend? Ooh, uh, yeah. Seeing how the O-line played, understanding where they are as an offense, what do you think they... I'm going to ask it this way. I don't care what you think they will do necessarily for the purpose of right. this question. Okay. What should they do? Like, what is the correct, in your opinion, choice for Sunday? Yeah, obviously, what I would do is what I think is different than what I think they will do. Um, part of me, I know I've been like this guy who's been like very anti Sam Howell. Like, he shouldn't play, he shouldn't play. But part of me is like, I don't really care. If he plays, great. If he doesn't, like, whatever if i'm ron and i know i need to go into this offseason making some decisions at quarterback i probably want to see him play a little bit like and i don't know if that's he plays the second half he plays the fourth quarter i I need to see where we're at you know and again how much has he practiced this week how much has he practiced at all like those are all things that need to factor he definitely got a lot of reps or like for a backup, he seemed to get a decent amount of reps because they talk. They talk about it publicly. That was, like they yeah, tried to that give him some like, more reps in the middle of the season yeah. because he was all of a sudden one snap away and he hadn't practiced at all. And Taylor knew the offense, so they gave him some extra reps compared to a normal backup in that window. But that's the only time he's practiced with the you know with his team, his offense, as opposed to being the scout team t- guy all year. That's good recollection. Yeah, and it wasn't I, so he did get more reps than usually the backup does. But we're talking. It's not like a lot of reps. It's right, like, got maybe, like maybe four instead of two. Yeah, right. And, and usually, so the backup usually gets zero. He's getting like two a period. So you have an eight, eight period practice. You're getting like 16 on the day, right? So it's not like he's getting a ton of practice. He's getting a little bit of practice, which is good, which is which is unusual and, and good for him. So I, I want to see where he's at. But again, like there's a lot of things there that might prevent me from that if I'm wrong. Like he's not good in meetings he hasn't practiced in a while right because he isn't he hasn't even been doing scout team recently right because of carson and taylor that whole situation so um i'd like to see him but if not i probably start taylor and uh if sam's not ready based on whatever kind of discerning factor you know beating meetings are bad if he does yeah, practice and you're saying week. if that you don't that you have yeah I, I don't know that. i have no yeah, idea yeah. like 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 these are all speculative things right like let's say he but we do let him practice this week and he looks terrible and looks unready and doesn't know the offense as well as we'd hoped. I'll probably just say, "Hey, Taylor, you get the whole game, the whole game." 
But if he if he's showing signs of life, if things look good, I might let him run in the second half or the fourth quarter, whatever it is. Yeah. So everyone wants to throw the Brock Purdy example in, and I just would tell them yeah. that you're you're talking about the best situation any quarterback can go into, which is playing for Kyle Shanahan in a highly insulated offense. Uh, with all of the details and accoutrements that Logan has talked about uh, that this offense lacks. Um, You're talking about being able to turn around and give the ball to Christian McCaffrey 20 times a game. Uh, You're talking about having George Kittle. And obviously, Kyle is the best at keeping his quarterback's job very simple. And also... Each late round pick and they have is different. the best defense. They have the best right. defense in the NFL. All, all like that. It's but a like good also situation. Brock Brock Purdy was a, a seventh round pick because his physical tools are not overwhelming. Right. right. His mental processing wasn't net, like it's not first round caliber. Uh, otherwise, he would have gone higher. Uh, but the reason he falls is because he's fairly unspectacular as like a prospect. Right. right. Not, a, not a guy who scares you walking off the bus. And not that Sam Howell is walking off the bus, but the second you see him throw, you're like, geez. Yeah. I think he's got like the fifth strongest arm in Madden. Just to like oh, give really? perspective. Wow. Like his his throw power's strong. <laughs> Sam Howell was a fifth round pick because he his his mental processing and his accuracy were not up to what his physical tools were. So we're talking more Malik Willis, less Brock Purdy. Right. Like not that he's going to run around like Malik, but like Malik can't operate from the pocket. And yeah. the, the, the the concern is that Sam cannot do that either. Maybe not to the level of Willis, but certainly not uh, maybe not even to the level, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum as Purdy. Like, who would you trust more tomorrow, Brock Purdy or Sam Howell? Probably Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of the point that gets lost in, in when people throw out the Brock Purdy thing is like, OK, well, how's it going for Sam Ellinger? How's it going for uh, Malik Willis? How's it going for Zach Wilson, who went one, two overall? Like, yeah, physical tools and and intrigue don't necessarily translate to right. readiness. With that said, I'd play him um, the, whole, the whole time. I would. And here's what I here's how I would justify it. I want to know how he handles it. And what he looks like in a real game going into this offseason. It is a data point that I would love to have. And there are no consequences, win or lose. And in fact, you can make an argument that it's better off for the organization if we lose. Because it will help our draft stock in some way. Um, so that is the only thing that matters in terms of the record of this game. They're, like You finishing 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one versus 7-9-1 and one does not matter. Uh, in terms of playoffs, in terms of anything that you typically try to win games for. So then it becomes about data collection and how, you know, I want to see, and the reason I would do full game Logan versus a half is when I tell Sam Howell, hey kid, you're the starter. I want to see how he reacts. I want to see if he takes that responsibility with the seriousness and the opportunity. And even if he goes out and plays terrible, but he has a good week, that tells me that going into next off season, I know where he is. And I think there's real value in that. So I hear you. If he's going to go out there and proverbially throw up all over himself and it's going to be a ton of false starts and delay of games and he's going to throw the ball into the dirt because he doesn't know what he's doing and you're, you're actually setting him up to get hurt and you're, right. you're saving him from himself, okay. Um, but that also, by the way, is a data point that is not good. Correct. Um, but, and, and I think the other thing that you always say that I appreciate is like, he's a fifth round pick. If he were to turn into a good backup, that is a successful selection. Right. But I want to know if I can at least trust him to do that. Like, is he the guy that I can trust to be the backup going into next year? And so the last part of it that I would say to to push me towards Howell still, with all the caveats you put out there that I think are interesting and worthy of consideration, 
is I want him to have that experience because there is no more important offseason to me in pro sports than your first to your second because you now know what it takes to play in the league. And it is your chance to go into your offseason work with an idea of what it's like to operate at game speed in the NFL, what it's really like to be out there. And Sam Howell does not currently have that. The closest he's got is practice. And so I would like him to have that for him going into this offseason. And this could be accomplished in a half. So if you want to, you want to, you know, kind of split it and say, all right, hey, we're going to give you the second half. But I want him to go out there against Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Diggs and, and all these dudes and be like, oh, if I'm going to win in the NFL, I have to be able to beat that. And I want right. him to have that data point for himself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's very valid. And I think uh, if we were coaches, we could better make this assessment, right? Like we could yes. see like where he's at. We could talk to him. We could, You know what I mean? Like I saw him come out of Ron's office the other day. You know, like Ron gets to have that conversation with him about whatever Ron is thinking and get a beat on the kid. You know, like I told you, I've played with a whole bunch of different styles of personality in my career. And that's a huge factor. You know, like if he's emotionally ready for it, yeah, man, let's see what it looks like. But yeah, ultimately, like we're kind of shooting blind here. We're making assessments in the dark. So all, all I can say is I, I agree with everything you said. That's all important stuff. It really just depends on Sam. And also it depends on Ron and Ron's goal for the game. If Ron is hell-bent on getting to 8-8, eight and eight, you start Taylor Heineke, right? If, if you yes. feel like you have to win for optics or whatever, that's got to go. If you want to evaluate the young guys, right? I don't know where Ron's at with this, but if you want to do that, then I want to see Chris Paul. Agreed. I, I want to see Sam Howell, if if we deem him appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Can Percy Butler get like a half or a quarter or something like that? All right. those, you know. Yeah, so, there's no reason to bring Cam Curl back. Like, there's no real reason to bring St. Juice back. Like, let those guys heal up. Put Christian Holmes out there. Put Percy yeah. Butler out there. Like, you want some of your veterans, some of your starters, some of your regulars, because you want them to be able to play with NFL players, not just against right. NFL players. But select opportunities for specific young guys who you want to be a part of your future in a bigger way, those guys should get extended time. Yeah. And, and it's, again, like it, th- those are all things that you need to, if we had practice film and we understood what was going on, we could make some of those assessments, but that in a perfect world, they're all ready to go. Let's get them out there. Let's see what they got. Cause I think, you know, Christian Holmes was a guy they thought was ready. And I think that's a perfect example. He wasn't quite ready. He played, he did some good things. Yes. But he wasn't quite ready. That's a good data point for us. But I also he also didn't like totally throw up all over himself. You know, he went out there, played against NFL talent. Didn't look great, but I think he's going to get better. At least he had his legs under him. Are all the other guys in that same boat? And that's really the deciding factor in this. I think. Right, he's got to have his legs under him. Um, I would think that Hal. I don't know. Hal's also got got a little bit of gamer to him. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just curious. Like, hey, throw him out there. Let's see what happens. You know, sure. and th- there's a curiosity element that I think is probably the largest driving force in the fans' desire uh, to right. see to I see get them. that. Um, it's not the most important thing, but like, let's not pretend like we don't have it. Like, let's not pretend right. like we're not curious to see. I'm curious uh, to see. Yeah, Sam Howell. Take Man Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman. All right, Logan. Uh, we've been going forever, but uh, we should talk about the defense quickly uh, and what they they saw 
how Cleveland was able to adjust and, and their offense get on track in the second half. Obviously, a huge part of that is going to be John Allen. And one of the things, or in his, his departure from the game due to injury, one of the things that I said on my show on Monday was, in a way, Allen leaving that game cements that you have to resign to Ron Payne this offseason because it shows when you have those two guys in there, this defense is special. When you don't, one of them leaves, especially, you know, look, John's a tremendous player in his own right, no matter who he's playing next to, but one of them leaves and it's, it's not nearly as scary for the opponent. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I want, that's something I, I agree with. I think they're, they're going to make a big effort and, and at, at a minimum, you need to find a way to franchise pain and right. trade him, get some type of value, whatever, whatever that, equation looks like you can't just let him walk out the door if you can't pay him enough money because i know you're gonna have to back up the big big truck for him and maybe you can't afford that but make sure you're getting something for how exceptional he was this year um yeah i think uh you know right after the game that was my thought that you know like you need both those guys in there you definitely need one because Payne literally like took over that game he just did an excellent job breaking double teams getting penetration did an awesome job of that. And then also Washington made some adjustments in the second half to kind of slow down the run game. They saw the types of runs they wanted to run. That was one thing that I think I undervalued in the postgame pod was the novelty of the runs that they were running. I'm talking about um, Cleveland. Yeah. Like they just weren't ready to fit them. And that's a big that's a big deal. Like when you talk, when you look at the defensive ends and they think they're getting duo, but they're actually getting like a pin pull to the outside, like that, you're just not prepped for it. And I think Jack said something similar, and they came out in the second half and did a much better job with that stuff. And the biggest run was a quarterback run, which is which are always hard to defend anyway. And they hadn't shown that run either. So kudos to Cleveland for kind of making that run game really challenging. I think overall, the front played pretty well, even in the absence of John Allen. Uh, you know, Chase, Montez, Payne did a great job. Ridgeway did what Ridgeway does. Um, you know, Bada got in there, did some good stuff. Um F.A. Obata did a really nice job creating pressures, and you see his high upside. Casey, that whole front, Jay, uh, Jamin had an excellent game. Mayo did a nice job. I think the area of the team that really struggled specifically was the back end. You know, right? And it, you know, Danny Johnson had a, had a good game. I thought he did some really excellent things. Yeah, Danny showed up a lot, made a lot of plays, and he, and he did. He made a ton of plays and did a great job. Uh, you know, Kendall obviously misses a tackle on Cooper mm-hmm. that ends up being a big play. And if he makes that tackle, there's probably not a touchdown. Um, uh, Deshaun Watson makes a nice throw to David and Joku on second and 19 versus cover two, like right where the ball needs to go. That's probably his best throw of the day. Uh, and then I think Forrest, I'm going to give credit to this, although I don't know, appears to be involved in at least one coverage bust. And then I don't know who the other, other coverage bust is, but Forrest, I felt, I felt like in his expanded kind of cam curl filling role has been the, the one who suffered the most over the last couple of weeks. And I still think he's a fantastic player. He's did some excellent things in the game, but he's not as He's the guy or, you're pairing with cam curl moving he, forward. Not the right. guy that you're hoping uh, can fill cam, cam curl's curl. shoes should curl miss more time. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, anything else on the defensive side that is worth talking about, uh, on a bigger I, picture. I think just the big picture thing from them is that they, they did, I know the score might not reflect it, but they played with great effort. They played hard and they made plays, uh, specifically the front. I was just really impressed with them. And if you really boil it down, it's five missed opportunities. And I yeah. think that's the nature of defense and why there's so much variance in defense is you have to be 
quite frankly, perfect. And that's just not a, a viable thing, right? And so they just, again, five plays was really what it boils down to. And uh, that's annoying and frustrating to hear as a fan, but that's what happened. Right, but that's, I think the the really more frustrating larger picture thing is those five plays come at the behest of positions that we've known were a problem all year. And some of them, going back to last year, like we knew that corner depth was an issue coming yeah, out of last saying, season, saying, right? Like we knew, yeah, I know Mayo and Jamin were good, but I feel like there's one or two of those that like maybe Mayo uh, is is not in great position for, just like he's not equipped um, to run with a David Njoku or whatever it was. I'm, I'm trying to remember the play. There's one yeah, where, so like, I'd, I'd he's say the overall, guy chasing. They did it. Yo, it was the, the missed tackle by Kendall. Like he's... Right, okay. So yeah, that one's, that one's obviously that's not, not on him. not on him. But like, no, again, I understand that, but I think yeah. this was the best game... Not to, I have to go back and look at it again, but I think this is the best game they has played. And again, they did a good job of kind of keeping him in his wheelhouse. And maybe right. that's what you're talking about. You have to kind of right. keep him well, in his wheelhouse. It, the, the defense has certainly fallen off the last couple of weeks where Cole Holcomb is out. And like, if you can't survive Cole Holcomb going out, like you got a depth issue. And, yeah. you know, that's something that we knew coming out of last year. But and to that, your point, that, I will that say that is this. kind of the frustration I would say is like, you knew you had some of these problems. You didn't address them. You got away with it for a long time because you stayed healthy. And the second some of these guys go down, you're toast. And now, granted, they still only gave, only gave up 24 points in a game where their offense gave them nothing. This is by no means a fault of the defense they lost this game. But if you're going to look at where some of the breakdowns happen, you would hope they would be like Jack has done a really good job after, you know, first rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Jack's done a good job. Generally, the staff is is seen as doing a really good job. Where the defense could improve is in a personnel capacity. And I think the frustrating part is that was something that was known going into the season. It was never really addressed. And then at the worst possible time, it kind of rears its head. Yeah, and I think to your point, I I agree with the quarterback depth. I think that was something that we all knew. And it's interesting, though, because was it an issue when uh, William was here? the, The question is like, did you know that William Jackson third was bad yes. and you should have just cut bait? And the answer was probably yes. Although, right. you know, he had a better spring, so maybe they got yeah, had a pretty good hope. spring. So, so I guess that that's, that is a factor, but sure. I agree the quarterback, but thing, the fact I, is you missed on a $40 million corner and like, there's going to be consequences to that. We saw those consequences. Yes. And I think that's, you know, I think they should draft a corner highly in the next yeah. draft or a free agent, whatever. I do think they've done a good job of kind of, uh, lowering their their value for the linebacker position mm-hmm. in this defense because i don't think it, to use the yeah. term we use for quarterback all the time yeah and, and it's not that big of a deal i the thing that's surprising coming out of this stretch and the first couple of games that cam missed is literally how important he seems to be just from his absence of getting it must be communication or playing the multiple roles and having the intelligence to be the post the the box safety the buffalo nickel you know whatever it is because, you know, I think Jeremy had an excellent game too, but is out of position on some coverages, right? And if Cam's in that role, he's in the right spot. You know, the coverage bust last week on the Tampa 2 invert is on Forrest. The coverage bust this week in terms of cutting is on Forrest, right? And so is Cam communicating things? Is he just being able to do all these different positions? So to me, that's something that I would look at is why is his absence so critical to that coverage unit playing successful? Is it just because no one knows the defense the way he knows it? Because, you know, like I said, I think Mayo was okay. And I think Jamin actually played pretty good. And, you know, Bostic, when he was in there, did a good job. But you take Tam Cam Curl out, 
you know, and that's that's in the absence of of Holcomb. But you take right. Cam out, and it's like the, the 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 results speak for themselves. I think. Right, uh, they're zero and four in the games that he hasn't played this year. So right. that's that's less than ideal. Uh, all right. <laughs> That is probably the longest podcast we've ever done to the point that, I don't know, maybe you're actually hearing this in two parts. Uh, We'll talk to Matt about how we're going to divide this up, Uh, but that's good football information for you uh, on the Wednesday pod as we record this on Tuesday. Uh, So hopefully we will... uh you know, there's there's some meat left on the bone uh, for for the Friday show. Uh, I do think we will obviously have plenty to talk about. Is there will be a quarterback decision by then? How they match up with this Dallas team and, and any other big picture things? Players we want to look at. We'll take a closer look at on the Friday show. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching right now because there is always more to come. We will continue in the off season as well. Uh, you know, we'll probably go back down to two days a week and we'll we'll figure all those details out. But uh, this pod's not going anywhere anytime soon for logan you can also follow on instagram by the way at logan underscore paulson 82 i'm craig hoffman i'll see y'all on the radio and have a great rest of the